Special Counsel David Weiss says to expect an indictment on Hunter Biden by the end of the month. Congressman Jim Jordan is here on all the top stories, including his letter to Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis in the RICO charges and the Special Counsel Jack Smith indictment against Donald Trump. And then I think it's a case of American exceptionalism or American arrogance, dependent on your perspective, says General Frank McKenzie. General Paul Vallelay shares his thoughts on those comments and our withdrawal from Afghanistan. Intel analyst Alana Friedman is here and explains the new axis of evil is an existential threat to America and the world. And then Joe Biden says Bidenomics is working. Nationally syndicated political cartoonist Tony Bronco says Biden is gaslighting the public, promoting his economy is great, but the public isn't buying it. It's all next, friends, on Viewpoint this Sunday. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. But we're going to start today, my fellow Americans, in Georgia with the racketeering charges with the uh, Fulton County DA there. Uh, Interesting turn of events in the last couple of days, in fact. It was revealed that there were other indictments that uh, they were seriously looking at, including uh, Senator Lindsey Graham. Wow. And Senators David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler at the time, and even Georgia Lieutenant Governor Burt Jones. There's a whole lot more to that story indeed here. Congressman Jim Jordan is here. Uh, Congressman Jordan represents Ohio's 4th Congressional District. Now, Jordan's the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, chairman of the Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, and a member of the Committee on Oversight and Accountability. He's also a founding member of the Conservative House Freedom Caucus. Congressman Jordan, thank you again for joining us here uh, with We the the People. We the People. Good to be with you, Malcolm. Thanks for having me. First of all, this was an eye-opening development. I don't know if you knew yeah. it. No, it's scary. And I think it underscores just how ridiculous the entire effort is. What they've done to President Trump and the 18 other people who were named in the indictment. Again, I think this is, is, is frightening stuff. And it's also this escalation we have seen. You can, you can see the escalation if you just focus on President Trump, but it's, it's actually bigger than that. But just think about it in the context of President Trump. So what was it? Seven years ago, they spied on his 2016 presidential campaign. Then they named Bob Mueller as a special counsel, go after President Trump, depose all his all his kids, his, his family. Then it's impeachment one. Then it's impeachment two. Then last summer, they raid his home, search his home. Never thought we'd ever see something like that in the United States of America. And then it's not one indictment, but one, two, three, four indictments in four different jurisdictions. And now they're talking about using the 14th Amendment. And then, of course, this evidence where the 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 indictment in Georgia, they were looking to go after U.S. This is scary where the left's going. And it's why it's so important that we push back on it and get a new commander in chief in 14 months. 
It's even more than that. But yeah, and you know, don't forget the 25th Amendment, the mentally deranged. That was another one yeah. they were going to Oh, yeah, were, good point. Yeah, yeah, they tried it all. There were so many things in between all of it. But all right. So listen, the 2020 election, the whole thing here, how it was handled, the question in the election. I mean, that would be half of the country at this point, uh, Congressman. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of gray area in this unprecedented case of charging folks for objecting to the outcome of an election. Uh, in your opinion, with this Fulton County thing, does any of it stick? It shouldn't. It's uh uh, I don't think they got a case there. The 14th Amendment issue that some other states are trying shouldn't matter. So none of this. I mean, one of the things that in the indictment about uh, my, my friend and former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, it said he called a colleague uh, trying to trying to round up a phone number. They, they called that an overt act in furtherance of a conspiracy, making a call to a colleague to try to get a phone number. You got to be kidding me. So this is how ridiculous it is. Uh, and then and again, as we said, when you when you add to the to the fact that they were looking to indict three United States senators as well. And this grand jury had like the, the, the vote totals. There were uh, pretty scary stuff. So I don't think it does. But again, you know, I never thought we'd get this far. I never thought we'd see this escalation that we've seen. Yeah, we're, we're in some strange times for sure. All right. You sent a letter to the Fulton County DA, Fonnie Willis, there. Uh, and that really has been a big news story as well. Now, she came back and accused you of I illegal intrusion into yeah. the case against Trump. Uh, so uh, I'm curious to get, uh, by the way, this was a, uh, a nine page response. I yeah. read through the whole thing. Uh, and she says your actions were, she used the word offensive several times accuse you of being misinformed and said it's clear that you lack a basic understanding of the law, its practices, and the ethical obligations of attorneys uh, generally and prosecutors specifically. So where's this going here, this uh, and your comments back well, to the DA? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll have a response, uh, but I would, I would just point out that uh, we asked, I think, very legitimate questions because we're concerned about election interference, which is obviously this is it's impacting the guy who's leading in all the polls in the Republican primary and frankly, leading in the general election against uh, in the polls. We see President Trump versus Joe Biden. So I think it's election interference, which the federal government certainly has a interest in. Second, the Fulton County DA's office uses federal funds. They get federal money. We have a right to know how that money is being used. Was it used in the prosecution of President Trump and these 18 other Americans? Um, so we asked legitimate questions. And then third, I'd point out, we did the same kind of letter to Alvin Bragg. And Alvin Bragg sued us because we actually, in that letter, we we subpoenaed uh, in, our, in our correspondence with Alvin Bragg, we subpoenaed one of his prosecutors who wrote a book about the whole situation up there in that case. And they sued us. And the court, ruled in our favor so she needs to maybe go take a take a read of the court's decision in bragg v jordan because we won that case and the individual we subpoenaed actually had to come and testify in front of the house judiciary committee yeah okay she has uh trying this racketeer in charges with 18 all at once i mean it, it does it's not logical obviously it would be a circus if and it looks looks like it's not going to happen basically but that was her goal what the DA was doing in Georgia was trying to get a date in front of Jack Smith, the federal case, 
many a question and why she would bring this anyways when it really should be a federal yeah. case, which was Mark Meadows' argument, by the way, right? Right, right. And, uh, right. But, but this judge, Tanya Chutkin, who's an Obama appointee, by the way, and I point that out because typically they're not freedom lovers if they were appointed by the 44th president, to be sure. Uh, so this district judge decision uh, really gave it to the prosecution because they wanted January 24, they wanted mid-26, uh, she said it was all ridiculous, yeah. which was red meat. And then she gave it really to the prosecution in March. Uh, where does this one go? And is this one more concerned than Georgia to you or or Georgia? Malcolm, I'm concerned about all of them. But but I, I do think we've all, I guess, often thought uh, that the, the the federal special counsel would, would be the most concerning. But I think they're all ridiculous. Um, I don't know how the schedule gets worked out. I don't, you know, Fonnie Willis wants to go in October. Uh, Jack Smith wants to go in, in, in this. The judge there uh, wants to go in March. I don't know how it all works out. What I do know is it's interfering with an election, uh, interfering with the right of the American people to decide who their president's going to be. And that, to me, is the fundamental concern and just just how egregious and wrong these whole things are uh, against President Trump. So we'll see. But uh, they all concern me. Well, Congressman, they've thrown so much at him at this point that the idea of something will stick, right? I mean, that's the concept, yeah. right? Right? Yeah. Right. Nine, I mean, ninety what? Ninety-one indictments, and right. you know, they're they're hoping some jury somewhere will will find for one of them. Uh, I think they're all ridiculous, yeah. and uh, you know, we'll see. But the the ultimate decision, the ultimate jury, is the American people on the first Tuesday after the first Monday in November of next year. Yeah. That's the one that matters. And so that's what we got to stay focused on as well is making sure President Trump is our next president. Yeah. Right. All right. Let me I want to ask you now talk to you about Hunter Biden and the special counsel, David Weiss. Uh, this is really something else. Now, he's being indicted, they say, by month's end on a gun charge. It, let me ask you this straight out, just keeping it real. As soon as I seen these uh, media messages come in and the message from the special counsel about this indictment, I just really immediately assumed, first of all, they're placating the judge uh, because the judge was demanding something. But this appears to be red meat again. This appears to be nothing. I mean, Weiss clearly could have done this four or five years ago, chose not to. At this point, it seems to be a nothing burger. But yet the media jumped all on it like it was a thing. Is this what yeah. you get out of this or something else? No, I have the takeaway you do. I mean, uh, the, the judge had to uh, or, or the David Weiss, the U.S. attorney, had to tell the judge what they were going to do with with the plea agreement that fell apart. And particularly in this this part of it was the diversion part of the agreement, which dealt with the gun charge. So I think that's all it is. Um, you know, you look at the history, four and a half years of investigating. David Weiss is the guy who presided over this case, which had the sweetheart deal, deal that the judge declined. We learned from The New York Times that it was supposed to be an even sweeter deal until the whistleblowers came forward. Uh, we learned from the whistleblowers that this was the same investigation where they were tipping off the defense counsel about a search warrant and and all that unfolds. And when Merrick Garland decides to name a special counsel, who does he name a special counsel? The very guy who let all that happen, who did all that, David Weiss. So, yeah, I mean, this to me looks like the fix has always been in here. You have a special counsel now, David Weiss, whose job is to protect the president, uh, President Biden. And then you have another special counsel, Jack Smith, whose job is to attack President Trump. And that's the both sides of the equation are being covered by uh, yeah. by the by the by the Biden administration here, which is um, 
which is just particularly troubling. Based on everything you know right now, your opinion, does, I mean, seriously, does Hunter Biden ever serve any jail time at all, do you think? And or does his father, which many people are asking, pardon the son? Is that even, I guess it's possible, right? We, uh, yeah, the pardon power in, under the Constitution is broad and, and uh, resides with the president uh, for sure. So, you know, that could that could happen, maybe. Um, I don't I don't know. My gut tells me that the same David Weiss who handled this investigation the last four and a half years and put together the sweetheart deal is probably going to continue down that same path. And who knows who knows how long that takes. Yeah, I have a feeling you're uh, you're onto something there. And by the way, Andrew McCarthy had a great piece and I'll bet on this if you haven't read it, uh, Congressman. Yeah. Uh, Hunter Biden's expected indictment. Never forget. They think we're idiots. I yep. think he sort yep. of believed, uh, agreed with you and I in this story. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. I mean, yeah. And, and let, one last thought on this one here. And, and, and serious question. Is this the, in your honest opinion, is this the biggest political scandal? Uh, could, could it be in the history of a country where an actual sit-in president may very well be guilty of bribery, influence peddling and corruption on, on the, on the, on the foreign policy stage with our adversaries? Look, I, I think that remains to be seen, um, but there's there's the potential for this to be uh, even more serious than it already is. And, and, you know, the facts are already piling up in a big way. Twenty companies, all kinds of family members getting paid phone calls, dinners, meetings with his Hunter Biden's business associates that Joe Biden had uh, uh, dinners with people Hunter Biden was doing business with, like the wealthiest woman in, in Russia, uh, Elena Batarina. Um, so you can just keep going. And then, of course, I think the most compelling evidence is is what was happening in the Justice Department with David Weiss's investigation of this whole thing and what they what they live, how they limited that investigation, how they slow walked that investigation. So, yeah, there's there's all that. And that's why we probably have to move to an impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight work, which I think is, again, likely to happen. Well, that's it's a segue I wanted to ask you about this impeachment threats now against Biden. Obviously, the media is on the, you know, just twisting all this and saying it's just a, a witch hunt. Yet they were quickly to go along with impeaching Trump. They would have impeached him six times if they could, let alone two congressmen, you know. Uh, yeah. I mean, they were fine to go along with that. Here's the thing. Beyond all this impeachment, there's also the fears this month as Congress comes back here in September of a shutdown of government. Now, I have to tell you in full disclosure, a lot of our listening audience, and I know you may be limited to what you say on this, but frankly, our audience would probably celebrate a government shutdown at this point of time. Uh, you care to comment on that, sir? Well, look, no one no one's advocating for a shutdown. But what we do need to do is is get some policies on on these appropriation bills that are actually going to you know, help the country. Like one of the policy writers we want to put on uh, these appropriation bills, uh, particularly the one with the Department of Homeland Security, is no money, no taxpayer money can be used in any way to censor Americans to set up a disinformation governance board. I mean, that that's that's important stuff. It's like defense of the First Amendment. So those are the kind of things we got to fight for in these appropriation bills and not spend more money than we're currently spending, actually begin to turn this thing in the right direction. Um, so that's that's what we're focused on. Um, we'll see how it all shakes out. We, uh, another great example is I don't think the same Justice Department that's doing all the things we just talked about should be getting a new FBI headquarters. We shouldn't have your tax dollars going for that. So there's those are all other items that we're looking to limit how American tax dollars can be spent. 
Listen, uh, as we've been covering and talking about here, uh, Congressman Jordan, uh, this war that's against Donald Trump has reached uh, really a, a, a fever pitch in our country. And it's it's really many people would believe, many Americans would believe it's bringing America to the status of a banana republic. Uh, this is what they do against political opponents in a lot of other countries, supposedly not here in America. Kangaroo courts, show trials, this sort of yeah. thing is what's happening. Is there is there any other time in history that you can reflect on that where you would compare it. I'm, I'm serious. This moment right now, compare this time uh, or are we in totally uncharted waters at this moment, sir? Well, it, you know, it's, it certainly seems to me in, in, in my lifetime, I've never seen anything like this. And again, uh, I'll, I'll point to what's happened to President Trump as the example, because it's just as, as the term I use is, is escalation. It just keeps getting worse because I still remember my wife and I were on the deck, on our deck at our house, watching the TV uh, when they were going through the raid was happening on President Trump's home. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening in America. But since that time, we've seen all this other stuff and this talk of the 14th Amendment. And you're like, this is just so um, it, it truly is, I think, unprecedented for the greatest country ever to see these kind of things happening. And it's why we have to push back. And it's, as I said before, it's why we got to win the White House in 14 months. But, but, but Congressman, I, at one point to what you say, you've mentioned that a couple of times, but and I know we got to start somewhere. But let me, in being honest with you again, it's more than just the White House. And, and I'm going to suggest to you this. It's more than the White House. It's more than the House. It's more than the Senate. And it's more than just all three branches. The entire bureaucratic state of government agencies. I mean, D.C. is a snake pit. And yeah. um, the 900 pound yeah. gorilla that is the U.S. government is completely out of control. But we, the people, have lost total control of this government. It is no longer working for the people. I mean, and we're talking Democrats and Republicans alike, Congressman. Let's keep it real. And it is a snake pit with the bureaucratic establishment up there. What is it going to take and what will Congress's role in returning America back to its roots? What will it take? Continuing to point out the facts. Using the power of the purse, which we're 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 engaging as much of that as we can, as as you know, with only controlling one you know one half or one third of the government by five votes. Um, so we're we're continuing. Now here's a here's a positive. The fact the IRS announced six weeks ago they will no longer be sending agents to Americans' homes unannounced. Yeah. And they did that because then now they said the reason was we were concerned about our agent safety. Baloney. They did that because we caught them. When Matt Taibbi was testifying in front of our committee, they were knocking on his door. When he was testifying about the First Amendment, about about the Twitter files, they were not. The IRS was knocking on his door. So, and we made a big issue of that. That's why they changed their policy. So, by highlighting, you can have an impact. But to ultimately change these these agencies, you got to have a chief executive who's willing to come in and shake them up in a big way. Again, like like President Trump. So. Um, that's 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 why the, the the having the White House is is so darn important. Congressman Jim Jordan, thank you for joining us, sir. You bet. On thank you. You point this Sunday. Well, if you've noticed, we've gone from AmericaOutloud.com on the website to AmericaOutloud.news. That just happened last month. Big big change uh, for the network. And uh, but news is what we do. It's in our name. Uh, Please help us and get back to the platform and share the out loud truth with all your circle of friends and influencers and let people know somebody is working hard on the front lines for liberty and justice for all. Stay right there. More viewpoint in just a moment.
The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray, with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Outloud here. And uh, friends, I want to jump into a little bit of a geopolitical affairs right now and uh, take a look at uh, some, well, one of the things we want to do, especially at this time of the year and uh, with, with 9-11 here upon us, I do want to touch on these uh, unbelievable comments uh, from General Frank McKenzie, uh, who's the head of the United States Central Command, and coming out in an interview with Jennifer Griffin and calling out the entire Afghanistan debacle. He calls it American arrogance. Uh, quite quite a term. I'd not heard that one before, from American exceptionalism to American arrogance. So let's jump into that now here. Uh, General Paul Vallely joins me right now. Uh, General Paul has a distinguished career, 31 years in the U.S. Army, before he retired as Deputy Commanding General of U.S. Army Pacific. Uh, and he has over 15 years of experience in special operations, uh, psychological operations and civil military operations. Uh, StandUpAmerica.org, by the way, he's always on the front lines fighting for America, and he's still doing it today as well. Uh, General Paul, welcome to the broadcast. And I want to ask you your opinion of this uh, General Frank McKenzie here. Uh, he calls it American arrogance versus American exceptionalism. Uh, what do you say to that statement, please? Well, I think General McKenzie, uh, uh, you know, he's going over in his mind what happened in Afghanistan. He's embarrassed by it. You can see it in his face. Uh, He's probably uh, taken back by the fact that he didn't stand up and be stronger as a four-star general to counter the erroneous uh, surrender in Afghanistan, leaving all of the billions of dollars of equipment at Bagram and even throughout uh, uh, Afghanistan. And so uh, I feel bad for him. America is arrogant. Biden is arrogant. Uh, Biden doesn't listen to anybody other than Obama since Obama's running everything. So it's a sad situation, uh, Malcolm, that we have, but we've got to restore our military. Uh, we don't have generals and admirals today. They're more concerned about CRT, critical race theory, 
uh, LBGQ, uh, transgender, uh, you know, and it, it's just, uh, it's a horrible situation. That's why the re reenlistment's down. Uh, that's why uh, enlisting is down as well uh, in, into the military. And, and many families don't want their uh, sons and daughters to serve in the military today. And so that's sort of a reflection of uh, General McKenzie. He knows that deep in his mind, but there's a lot that uh, the four-star generals, they won't say, they won't really stand up and uh, give their opinion as they as they uh, really feel and believe. And that's the situation with McKenzie. Yeah, I could tell just by looking at his body language, what you say there is very accurate. Uh, uh, and I, I would imagine you understanding what the battlefield is. It's uh, uh, you really have to. Uh, uh, I think, it, well, does it? Well, I guess maybe it's a question for you. Does it take a special person to go back to go against uh, the uh, orders from the commander in chief and others? And when you do do that, I would assume you need to make sure you have others around you at that level of thinking who will also support your decision. It's a tough spot to be in, isn't it? Well, it's a tough spot. But again, if I was the, the four-star commander of any uh, organization, I would want to make sure my officers understand what my thinking is, what my wisdom is, what my vision is. I, I worked for some very senior generals in Vietnam, but they had a vision about things. Uh, and the vision was we shouldn't be there uh, at that time. But anyhow, that's here or there. Yeah. But uh, a general officer, okay, I mean, he takes an oath. He takes an oath. And that oath really is to protect American and citizens from foreign and domestic, okay, enemies that are foreign and domestic. Now we have for the first time internal enemies in the United States. But they're folding. They're folding into this woke uh, thought process now. And that's why we see what's happening at the academies is disastrous uh, with our cadets and our midshipmen. So it's affected the whole military yeah. uh, by these generals not standing up by their principles. Well, that's a good point you talk about, too, with the oath they take. Uh, the I like what you just say. That that really got me thinking. Uh, if they, they could still do what we're saying and suggest they should do because that is their oath. Uh, and you're right with the domestic enemy as well. The, the rules of the game have changed is what we're saying, General. The rules of the game yeah. have totally changed. And now you're going to have to have people with more of a backbone. I want to ask you this other thing. Mackenzie went on to say this, and I quote, I go back to the basic decision to wait so very late to begin to bring people out after we had already given away Bagram Earfield and we had already drawn down to a very low footprint in the country. I think those were decisions that led to the scenes at the airport in, in Kabul. I want to ask you this. I, I'm thinking, or and let me ask you straight out, in surrendering even then, but even now, today, Bagram Earfield, will that go down as one of the biggest blunders of American military decisions from a commander-in-chief? Absolutely. Absolutely. And as I said, General MacArthur, General Eisenhower, Patton, they would turn over in their graves to understand why our generals and leaders didn't stand up to this. You don't surrender equipment. They're guilty of treason, aiding and abetting the enemy, which was the Taliban and the Chinese. And so General Milley, for one, should be tried for treason. And I, hopefully we can bring some of these generals uh, to the forefront and try them for treason for not doing their job and aiding and abetting the enemy. Wow. That's a, that's a bold statement you put out there. I respect it. Uh, but you're calling about you're talking about calling people out for what is really happening. 
We don't see a lot of that today, General. We don't see anybody being held responsible anymore anywhere. No, nobody is. Nobody no. is. Nothing ever happens, even, even uh, with other the agencies. New York is on the border. You know, and I've advocated, why isn't our military not taking out the cartels? I wrote a plan, gave it to Trump. Go on the offensive, take out the cartels. They're an enemy against the United States, and they're a, a better. They're militarized better than the uh, Mexican Army Armed Forces. And that's what's killing thousands of Americans each and every day with this fentanyl. But our defense department is not doing the job. Gordon Austin is a total, total incapable person of leading the defense uh, department. And then you've got Millie, who says the cartels doing that as a police action. Tell me what police are going to take out the cartels. This is statements coming from Millie, who's more concerned about white rage. And like I've said, the only one white rage I see in the military is General Millie. Anyhow. It's almost like these people have been, I don't know, they've been bought off or something. None of it makes any sense. It's not logical. They're weak of character. Weak of character. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I can't push back on that. General, stay right there a moment. Let me also bring on to the broadcast here. Ilana Friedman joins me here. I, Ilana is a veteran intelligence analyst and advisor in intelligence-led counterterrorism solutions, a fantastic author as well, and has an article out on the uh, op-ed on the uh, AmericaOutloud.news, The New Axis of Evil, an Existential Threat to America, and the world. Ilana, I want to go right to that point right now. Over the weekend here, the G8 have been meeting, and uh, there's been uh, a lot of changes happening around the globe here. But one of the uh, underlying stories here is North Korea and Russia. And uh, Kim Jong-un has just fired off some more test rockets. He's provoking and playing his usual cat and mouse games with everybody, which he does uh, to get attention, I think. Um, so he's reaching out to Putin. They're they're looking at doing a, a joint uh, thing with Putin, who needs all the friends he can get. Uh, what do they say, Ilana? Misery loves company, right? So what do you think about this North Korean-Russia relationship? Well, I think the relationship is uh, a very dangerous one because they're both talking about supplying each other with uh, special kinds of uh, defense equipment, uh, arms and technology. And... Um, but more than that, uh, they are th- the they are going to be are uh, there they are they are going to be developing their relationships also with China and with Iran, and um, this creates a very very dangerous quartet that because all of these countries are um, anti West and uh, pro power. So it's a good way to put I, it, actually. Yeah, it's a good yeah, way and to they're put all- it. And they're tyrants, the people who run these yeah. countries. So how can we can we what can let's let me ask you this and then the general as well. How what can we do if anything? I don't know the how could we stop North Korea and Russia from uh, from from this joint? Assert? I mean, I I don't know that there is any way, is it? Well, sure, you meet with them like Trump did, eye to eye. You settle okay. things. Okay. Oh well, no, well that I agree with, General. Yeah, no, I said that from the beginning. We don't have that in our country right we now. We should have done that with Putin right along, shouldn't we have? Yeah, but Biden's not the kind of guy. He can't negotiate. The me- the guy is, is not mentally competent in anything. And just like we said, like Obama, Joe has effed everything up in the, in the last 50 years he's touched. You got an incompetent Kamala Harris. And so we have the most incompetent leadership. We have created enemies all over the world. We don't have any friends anymore. The Saudis are aligning with the Russians and the Chinese and the Indians for this new BRICS organization, which will be 40 countries. 
we have to understand that we have turned everybody off. And so we see the dismantling again of NATO. We see the dismantling of the United States uh, in our capabilities to meet the threats of the world. We can't even uh, we can't even take care of our own cities. We can't even police them up so we don't have all this criminality. We can't take on the cartels. Everything that's going on in this government has been wrong and it continues to be wrong. You know, the, uh, Reagan got it right when he talked about peace through strength. Uh, he he started right. talking about that before he before he became president. He lived it as president, and uh, Donald Trump picked up the uh, picked up the, the the torch and carried it for as long as he could. And now Biden has virtually destroyed every element of strength that this com- country has has been able to sustain, uh, which gave us credibility with the rest of the world. And through strength, we were able to do what you were suggesting, which is to combat this kind of uh, alliance that we're seeing, the the dangers that North Korea and Russia and China and Iran face to the free world. Yeah, Alana, but aren't we the enemy? Absolutely. We're our own enemy. We're our own enemy. Look at what we're doing, depleting all of our resources, uh, wasting money in Ukraine. It's grinding to a halt now as we look at things over there. Putin will get his way. And uh, Malcolm, you may remember, I set up the first meeting between Putin and Trump in March of 2017 when I was in Moscow. I also gave Trump uh, his theme, America First. I wrote those papers in 2014. Wow. So uh, there's a lot of things that, uh, you know, I've been involved in. And uh, I can tell you the Russian diplomats are so much more sophisticated than ours that we get out of the Ivy League schools uh, who are totally incompetent. We're not schooled as the Russian diplomats are. The Chinese are the same way. They're playing a high game of chess and we're playing checkers. As you're listening to uh, General Paul Vanderlei and Ilana Friedman, uh, we uh, I've invited them for a, a larger conversation on these uh, very important topics on Monday on The Voice of a Nation, uh, Malcolm at 8, to uh, join us there at uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll hear a very thoughtful but uh, strategic uh, conversation from both of them, very heartfelt uh, in regards to these stories and a lot of these um, big, including that withdrawal of Afghanistan and Mackenzie's comments, which were uh, pretty striking indeed. Uh, And then, um, and and, and also China, there's another story we talked about there, China's targeting our uh, troops and our veterans and uh, the typical exploitation campaign China is noted for. But they're doing it now on the military level a lot. And there's a warning. Uh, General Charles Q. Brown uh, Jr. has warned, memoed the Air Force and others and uh, talked about safeguard and national security information from China. Well, this is something we should be doing across the board anyways, uh, everywhere. We've got to begin to understand China is an enemy. They're not a friend or an ally by any stretch of the imagination. And the more trade and the more we make things easy for them, when Nixon opened up China, that's we've created a monster is what's happened. Uh, it's, it was a sleeping giant. And that's why Xi Jinping has reminded us many times uh, about that sleeping giant. When they wake, watch out, the dragon, you know, there they are. Um, things are at a, a pre- pretty precarious point here. And uh, and I, I think I encourage you to listen and tune in on Monday uh, Ilana Friedman, thank you uh, for today and also for uh, being a part of Monday for the Voice of a Nation. And General Paul Vallelay, thank you as well, sir. It's our thank pleasure. You. Coming up next, uh, you're, you're in for a treat. You are in for a treat. 
Uh, Tony Bracco joins us. He's the nationally syndicated political cartoonist, uh, polytainment, if you will. And boy, I've got to tell you what, nobody nails it like Tony does when it comes to capturing the moment and putting it out there. And his illustrations are amazing. And so he'll be right up next, friends. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment. Changing the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced? These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system becomes less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, and I'll tell you, this is one of my favorite, favorite uh Parts of the program is when I get a chance. Well, actually, what I call this is polytainment, polytainment. And it's kind of the intersection of politics, of course, and entertainment. And that's the part that uh, a lot of people look for uh, because it gets so silly at times and so ridiculous that there are times where you just have to laugh at the whole thing or you cry. Uh, we'll do we'll do a little laughing right now and potentially some crying as well with Tony Bronco joins us. Yeah, Tony's a nationally syndicated political cartoonist. Welcome to the broadcast, Tony. Thank you, Malcolm. Thanks for having me again. I appreciate it. it. It's a privilege. It's really your work is I'm, I'm such a fan of your work. I want to start. Let's go through some of this right now. And I do look at this as polytainment a bit. It's a term I use. But I think you you um, really spotlight what I'm speaking about, and probably more so, Tony, because you capture the mood of the country in ways, and you're able to do it in just very few words. But it, like as soon as you look at one of your pieces, it, like you get it right away. You're like, oh, I know what he's talking about. You know, it's like pop social mm -hmm. culture, right? Pop culture. Right? Absolutely, and that's what I try to do. I try to get an instant uh, yeah. communication through an illustration, what I'm trying to communicate anyway, and that's yeah. Yeah. basically what I'm shooting for. 
Yeah, and you do it, man. You do it like nobody's business. So, all right, this first one, I think everybody can relate to the term Bidenomics. This was one of the strangest things that I've ever seen in politics when the administration, talk about rubbing your face in it. They come up with this term like they were doing something marvelous. In the meantime, people are struggling and suffering like there's no tomorrow. And then you have your illustration here. You've got Biden on the screen, on the television screen, saying Bidenomics is working. And then you have this poor, uh, I think he's a mail carrier. Is he a postmaster or something carrying the mail? He's or, just a normal guy. He's an everyday working guy. Oh, okay. Like okay. Most of all of us. I couldn't um, tell because he has a little flag on the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, he's from the yeah, USA. He represents, he represents America. And okay. basically, you know, the cartoon was to try to communicate the fact that just because you call it o- or Bidenomics doesn't make it a great thing, just like uh, o- uh, Obamacare. Uh, it, it, uh, Obamacare hurt a lot of people in America. It r- forced their their premiums to go sky high. Yeah, it did cover a few of the uh, uh, poorer people, which was, a you know, I, I assume a good thing, but it hurt a lot more people. And the same with uh, Bidenomics. It's just crushing a lot of people, even middle. It's crushing the middle class and the poor uh, with gas prices, food prices and that. So I tried to communicate that over in that. Well, well you did. Bidenomics is, is hurting everybody. It's not mm-hmm. it's not an, like you say, an isolated audience. Everybody. No. Yeah, 401ks. Yeah. Yeah. With what this guy's got strapped on his back. Uh, and, and when when this goes to podcast, friends, you can go to the um news, and you can see this, his marvelous work. We'll have him right in the post there. But this yeah. one, he's got this a big, like, boulder strapped to his back of bottom economics. It's got, and everybody can relate to what, what I tell you next, what Tony shares in this, higher grocery prices, higher gas prices, higher interest loans, higher crime, higher taxes, record credit card debt. And then this poor guy's bent over with the stuff on his back and the little box says, pass due mm-hmm. bills. At first, when I looked at this, I wasn't sure if this was the postman bringing me all the bills, Tony, or if it was a regular Joe. <laughs> right, right. Well, I didn't do my job there, did I? <laughs> oh, you did? No, no, you captured yeah. it. I mean, he could be either one, but either way, it gets the point across, doesn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And everybody's feeling it. They can they can lie about it all they want to, but yeah. everybody's feeling those gas prices, and they're they're just uh, they're feeling everything, and no matter how much you try to lie on it, in on CNN, MSNBC, and ABC, CBS, and all the the liberal shows, um, you just can't ignore it. Right, uh, just Tony. Can't. Let me ask you this: Why do you think they went ahead and put Bidenomics out there like they did? Was I mean to me that reminded Americans of how insane this whole administration was? Was that a, a smart move on their end or a bad move? And it wasn't a smart move. Um, but here's the thing: they think you're stupid. <laughs> is the whole idea behind this? They think you're dumb. All they have to do is throw out a uh, newscast or come out and say how great things are, and you're going to believe it. Why you can't get to work because you can't afford the gas. See that those are the type of people that are running the country right now, and uh, and and we have to do something about it. And that and I consider myself to be a conservative advocate, cartoonist, and I'm trying to advocate to the people that if you want this, if you want to keep doing this, keep voting for Democrats, keep voting for Rhino Republicans, because you're just going to keep getting the same. You can replace Biden. 
But who are you going to replace him with? If it's another Democrat, it's going to be the same thing. You're going to get the same stuff because all Biden is doing is he's a puppet. He's just going through the motions. He's just the guy, the old grandpa Joe out there uh, implementing Democrat policies. They're going to throw him under the bus and, and blame him for it so they can get another Democrat in there to do the same thing. But that's it, basically it. Don't you think one of the reasons they probably put Bidenomics out into the public square, Tony, is because they know, they realize, and they recognize that they're going to have the full support of the media, all the legacy media, all of the uh, mainstream, the social media oligarchs. They're going to have the support of the entire apparatus. Isn't that the reason? Absolutely, because... That entire apparatus, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, all of those programs are are the Democrat Party, yeah. and they're going to continue to be the Democrat Party. And as long as you're watching those shows, you're watching shows like The the View, Jake Tapper, um, Chuck Todd, any of those shows, you're watching the Democrat Party's perspective on everything. And you have to go to ultimate media, such as your program. Or any of the programs that, uh, you know, show or give the other side to things, or you're going to be very stupid and ignorant about things that are going on. Well, a lot of people are, sadly, and that's why we're fighting, uh, Tony, all the time to get the out loud truth out there uh, to Mm -hmm. folks, because a lot of people are, sadly, they're asleep at the wheel because they're getting the information from all the legacy and mainstream media people and the social media as well. It's all corrupt. It doesn't matter, really. Absolutely. Uh, All right. Tell us about this other one you have. This one is called Tyranny is Tyranny. And you've got the Democrat Party agenda here. Uh, And there's a list here of things. Give you an example. Um, Destroy free speech, dominate and control social media and the press. What did I just talk about just a second ago? Right. Uh, Push racial division, one party rule, destroy religion and the Second Amendment, law fear, uh, arrest political enemies, climate change agenda, et cetera. Tell us about this one. Who's in it? Uh, well, you have you have the Democrat Party agenda, which you just listed. And then off to the side, you have uh, Stalin and Hitler right. uh, smiling at the list of uh, the Democrat agenda. And they're both saying that's brilliant. And because here's here's the point of this cartoon. Democrats like to throw out the hyperbole that conservatives are fascists. But when you look at the Democrat agenda, and I'm not, I am by no means calling uh, uh, Democrats Hitler or or Stalinist, but if it, who's more aligned with those guys? The Democrat Party. And if, if, if you can't, you can't um, intersect corporations and big government together against the American people and not call that fascism, because that's the very definition of fascism and that's what you have with face facebook and in a lot of these social media programs google and people need to wake up to the fact that what you have going on right now between the democrats and corporate uh corporations in america are intersecting they're merging together and that is the very definition to me 
if you look it up, I don't know if they've changed the definition yet. They <laughs> like to change definitions like vaccines no longer mean um, stopping a disease. <laughs> so uh, if you look it up, that's the very definition or part of the definition of fascism. Well, listen, our, our listeners would know exactly that, just to be clear, that they sense and feel that America is definitely being turned into a communist nation. I mean, everybody can feel it, Tony, you know? Right. I mean, it's beyond socialism 101 at this point. I mean, we're pretty well down the road now. Uh, proven another point you have in a great piece, it's called Down in the Dumps. It's a perfect example of what we're talking about. And the point you and I are making right now, Tony, should not be lost on anybody. And it, and it should be emphasized also with the, with the further point that this is why, as as lovers of the Constitution and, and patriots uh, that love America first, uh, we realize our job and our work is cut out for us because we have the entire apparatus against us. Uh, this piece you have down in the dumps perfectly explains what I mean by that. On the wall, you've got Biden's approval coming down. And right now, Tony, Biden's approval, we've never had a president this low. He has his he's in historical range of numbers now. No one has ever been this low as far as people wanting him or thinking his policies are effective. And you've got the sewer pipe coming out, Democrat policies. And then what you've got here on the other side of this thing, and everybody can relate to this, it says Trump and the Republicans have poisoned the system against us. And that's the message the media and the oligarchs and the elites would put out there. But right in the swamp here, right in the pit here of what you got, you got, you know, defund police, high crime, corruption, inflation, open borders, late term abortion, high food price. I mean, you nailed this thing. This just tells you everything they're selling out there is garbage. Absolutely. And that's why his approval is through the floor. And they blame everything on the Republicans. Well, Governor Waltz uh, was on with, uh, I think, Jake Tapper. I can't remember if it was Jake Tapper. I watched it, but I can't remember if it was Jake Tapper or uh, Chuck Todd. They were all the he same. Literally, he literally got out got on program and blamed Trump and the Republicans for the low poll numbers after what they've done to us. They have defunded police. You had a, a prosecutor just had her car hijacked who was out on the streets claim, uh, calling for defunding police. Now she's probably changed her tune a little bit. But this stuff, high gas prices, high food prices, people are actually living this disaster living it and and their narrative and what they're trying to push is that trump and the republicans trump hasn't been in office for over two years but they're trying to push this narrative that we're to blame for the low poll numbers why don't and they can't take responsibility for anything that they do <laughs> it's just amazing it amazes me yeah, yeah, no, you're right. There is no responsibility of any kind. I On your uh, page, by the way, the, the site to go to to have a great laugh with Tony's work is comicallyincorrect.com. Comicallyincorrect.com. His work to me is, is superior uh, because he captures the essence of what we're all thinking. Thank you. But he captures it in a hot second. And there it is right there in front of you. This other one, oh, man, I got to share this with folks. This one's called Off Key. And you've got an absolutely glorious picture of Hillary Clinton. She's obviously <laughs> a fan favorite here, you know. Oh. And you've got her singing Deplorable Men South of Richmond. Oh, my golly. Tell us about this one. <laughs> well, uh, she she coined the phrase the deplorables, which we're all a part of that group. 
anybody that votes for conservatives or Trump or anybody are considered deplorables. And when this song come out, uh, I identified with it, as did many Americans on that song uh, by um, Anthony. Uh, what I can't remember. God, Otis Anthony. Anyway, it went number one and then some. And everybody's identified it. Multiracial um, groups have identified with it because, after all, when you get right down to it, we're just people all experiencing this disaster. So I came up with this cartoon of Hillary upset with those with us deplorables uh, doing her rendition of uh, Richmond from North north of uh richmond north of richmond yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly oliver anthony is his name there yeah oliver anthony i'm sorry I, yeah no i know his name by heart yeah. by now <laughs> he's out there all yeah the boy time. he became an instant success didn't he absolutely he got upset uh oliver anthony got upset because one of the politicians uh was speaking about the song like he identified with it when he was one of the guys that he was talking about so it's um yeah they're not very self-aware up in washington isn't that the truth right there they're not self-aware you're right and uh they're well they're they're out of they're they're stuck inside the beltway up there you know yeah and it's a it's a it's a beyond a swamp it's i mean it is an entire cesspool up there well, dc they is the center, they think they're the center of the earth center of the universe up there and nothing else matters everything is is their whole reality is right there yeah, yeah. Um, that that song was absolutely incredible. It caught the spirit of Americans, and that's why it went viral many times over, you know. With all the work you've been doing recently, Tony, and uh, since we talked last, which was about last year sometime, uh, things have gotten steadily worse now uh, since we've even engaged and talked here. I mean, we, it's gotten worse now. I mean, we've never seen anything like this before. Um, on a serious note, uh, we see what's happening right now. Uh, just alone the, with them going after Trump has given you an endless amount of work uh, to showcase the lunacy in all of this. Uh, how concerned are you with our country and uh, what's uh, how bad is it in your view? I think it's very serious. I've never seen it this bad where you have Marxist uh, Soros prosecutors completely consuming our justice system. Now, this has been going on for a lot of years. This has been started back in the 50s. And uh, there's a book out. I see the, the author is Christopher R. Rufo. Uh, he has a book out called America's Cultural Revolution, How the Radical Left Conquered Everything. Very good book. I'm halfway through it right now. But it talks about this long march through all of our institutions, mainly uh, our higher learning universities. And these people for years have, have, have merged into every aspect of our government, our bureaucracies, FBI, CIA, our legal system, DOJ. And they're, they're, they're deep in every aspect of it. And uh, I don't know how we root this out, because what's going on with Trump and conservatives, them arresting them, them indicting them at every turn, finding them the smallest little crumb they can find to indict is it's insidious. It's the most worst thing. And if I can bring light on that until they figure out a way to arrest me or stop me or throw me into court and deplete all my funds, I'm going to keep I'm going to keep fighting on this on yeah. this edge. 
The bureaucratic state in our country is out of control, which is added to this 900-pound gorilla we have that is called the United States government, Tony. That's the bigger problem, don't you think? Absolutely. It's it's centralized government on steroids. Uh, the whole concept of the United States government was to be decentralized, move most of the decisions yeah. to the local level. And Trump, what Trump ran into is he didn't understand a lot of how the government was working in in the trajectory that it was going in and he allowed he was in he was in the white house with a bunch of obama holdovers holdovers in the doj holdovers in the fbi all of those were conspiring against him to get rid of him and i don't know how we face it because the, the next republican if we do get a republican in there and it's not trump they're going to go after him if he, unless he plays ball. And I look at exactly. George Bush as somebody that maybe played ball a little bit. Oh, 100%. And uh, so they left him alone because, yeah. but when they got an outsider yeah. like Trump, they did everything to try to to disable his presidency and his, his agenda, our agenda, the people's agenda. But he's smarter now. And I think that if he gets in there again, he's going to get better people. He's going to be rooting some of these Obama holdovers because to me, Obama's still running running the White House. He's still running the agenda. Yeah. He still lives in D.C. He's, you know, he has a, a place on Martha's Vineyard where they kicked out the illegals, but still he's, <laughs> he's still running things and his people yeah. are still running things. And we need somebody like Trump that gets it not a not a gop get along to go along right. type person right and well you you captured what you just said in one of my favorite pieces actually tony and it's called democracy dies in darkness and just to describe this to you you have uh, donald trump president trump sort of opening the door and as he looks into the room uh, it, where you have the headline, meanwhile, north of Richmond, you got the GOP establishment on one side, the elephant. On the other side, you have the Democrat Party, the jackass, and you have both of their hands in the D.C. corruption pot. What a brilliant piece that is, Tony. Absolutely. Thank you very much for that. Yeah, it's the D.C. corruption cookie jar. They're both they're caught. And the first thing that the Democrat says, pointing at Obama, peeking through the door, shedding light on it, is arrest that man. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It's uh, like I said, I try to get right to the core of, of what's going on. Uh, let me tell folks again, comicallyincorrect.com. That's where Tony's work can be reviewed and see. And I'm just a big fan of your work, Tony. And it's not just Likewise. your work and capture in the moment, but your sense of the country and the, and the, uh, concern the deep deep concern you have as an american patriot you you always have a home here brother thank you for joining well, thank us thank you here. very much thank you for what you do and uh keeping keeping the fight going that's exactly yeah boy there there it is friends um one patriot thanking another and that's exactly it with tony tony branco what, what a fabulous uh, work uh, he's got comicallyincorrect.com wow uh, friends, that's it. We uh, have a wrap here. What an incredible show. What a great opportunity to end with Tony here. Uh, thank you for joining us on the mission here. It's time uh, to get involved and get loud. America. <laughs>